College recruitment and college admissions are on topic with IU. I'm Kenny Smith with the Media School at Indiana University Bloomington, and today I'm speaking with Sasha Timi, the Executive Director of Admissions at IU Bloomington. Sasha, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for the opportunity. Let's go back in time, if you will, to the spring of last year when we started trying to wrap our arms collectively around the pandemic. March 2020, Indiana University was one of those many places that went remote right about spring break. And that's an important time as a lot of prospective students and their families are trying to figure out their next new chapter. Your office and admissions, you've got a role to play in that. But like many of us, your spring last year got disrupted. So tell us how that worked out last spring and how you went about telling IU's story for students looking to join us on campus. Kenny, you're so right. And it was something we had not experienced. And I don't know, despite all of our robust planning that we could have anticipated, the impact that would have every aspect of that campus visit experience and the opportunities for us to go meet with students in their home market were all changed. And I want to give a huge shout out to our team and our college partners across the IU campus for all the ways that they took what would typically be in-person events and quickly created virtual content. So everything from virtual information sessions to multiple different types of virtual tours to different videos and opportunities to connect one-on-one with our current students, just quickly turning content around to make that IU information available to our prospective students and their families so that they could still make sound decisions. And it, we all worked together. We partnered with the students and families, and we continued that programming throughout the summer. And we're really thrilled to welcome a large and exciting and brilliant class of students this past fall. So this can't be an easy thing, reframing how you tell a story, reshaping your marketing and so on. So how do you even manage that? Because as you mentioned, the in-person is so vital, but those just got canceled right out from underfoot. How do you even manage the rest of that? Because now you've got to, I would think, supplement what you would do with the in-person stuff in some other way. You're absolutely right. We had to really think creatively about the core of the content. What are the very specific campus, you know, IU-centric messages, whether from the academic offerings to campus life, safety, security were also certainly a paramount concern given the experiences that we were seeing and having. And so really thinking critically about the content that was going to be most important and then the best way to deliver that. I will tell you that, uh, our reliance on kind of those in-person recruitment experiences was challenged for certain. And what by introducing multiple really robust virtual options, what we learned is that there is a really important place in the process for these opportunities. So there's a critical need still as we move in, you know, things can open up that we can invite students to campus. That will still be important, but being able to, share IU content with students who are in their home or on their phone or at their school in these virtual settings really expanded our ability to share IU content with them. And so that's from our perspective, from a student's perspective, if you think about now they can engage with universities from where they are in more meaningful and deeper ways than they would have been able to before. 
And so that is an important opportunity for their access to information, access to the process, and a chance for them to start to ask different questions earlier. So it's, it's really been exciting, but we were certainly stretched and pushed uh, to find a new way. So it sounds like necessity created some successes for you. Will some of those new or previously unconventional messaging methods, will they stay in your arsenal? That's a really excellent question because we're in the midst of this now as we, as we are finishing out some of these final weeks of our admissions programming for the fall 2021 cohort. We're also thinking about 2022. That's how admissions works. We're always one year advanced uh, ahead of everyone else in this process. And we're really talking about how we keep what is critical of the in-person experience and what is possible through the virtual experience. So it is going to be a little bit of an and situation, not an or situation. And so those, those are some really active and exciting conversations right now. And there is some happy news coming now. You just alluded to it as well. Indiana University mm-hmm. is seeing a return to some in-person visits. Tell us the latest on what you're allowed to do and how do we expect to see that work? Okay, we are really excited. We're about three weeks in to this opportunity for very limited in-person, outdoor-only <laughs> campus tours that we are hosting with our student campus tour guides. And we also, knowing that we do necessary safety protocols, they are limited to 10 people per tour. And so we also have self-guided walking and driving tours that are GPS-enabled so students and families can, they're not able to secure one of those hosted tours, they can still get a really great uh, perspective of this beautiful campus and visit Bloomington as well. So we've got a number, you talked about different options, we've got a number of different options running concurrently to make sure that we can get students the information that they need, but we're thrilled to be able to have the support from the campus to launch these programs and then hopefully you know as the world continues to open up safely that we can maybe expand them over the summer Uh, and then as we move into you know next year I think we're all hopeful that we'll continue to expand. So seeing these virtual tours online are are a great access point for prospective students but seeing a beautiful campus like I use and seeing it under uh, March, April, Chamber of Commerce style weather that Bloomington and other IU campuses across the state can enjoy. Uh, that's got to be a very critical thing, particularly this timing from your perspective in, the, in an admissions office. You're so right. Again, this is such an important time for students to be able to get the access to the campus that they need. And for many, that is an in-person experience. Uh, we're hoping with our virtual opportunities to get students as close to that as possible, but there is nothing like Bloomington in the spring, so we're, we're continuing to, like I said, create those self-guided opportunities for families to take it all in. Do you get a sense from students or their parents that there's now a big rush to make up for lost time now that uh, this is a possibility, I can come to campus and see a campus again? Absolutely. So I was just in the office uh, on Friday helping with our tours and lots of excitement Lots of energy about trying to, you know, squeeze these campus experiences in before May 1st, which is traditionally the, the national candidate's reply date where every, you know, high school student tells the college where they're going. So we are in the final weeks of this. We'll certainly work with students who are planning, you know, visits maybe over the summer. We'll try to work with them 
But again, trying to get them as much information as we can so they can make the decision. And concurrently, there's another big policy change at IU campuses as it pertains to prospective students, standardized entrance tests. We would think of them like the ACT, the SAT. Now an optional component for admissions. Is that right? Correct. So we were thrilled that this was even pre-pandemic. Can you that we had done a um, couple years of research on the opportunity for Indiana University, Bloomington, and it consequently it was the entire Indiana University system that adopted, updated the their policies. But really looking at this as an opportunity for students to choose how to represent themselves academically in this process. For many students, that would be you know, a traditional transcript and a standardized test score, either the SAT or the ACT. But there are many students out there for whom that standardized test score is not representative of their academic readiness. And so with the test optional process, they actually can select at the time of application if they want us to consider a test score. Even if they've sent it before when they were a junior in high school and, you know, that they sent it. Even if it was here, they can choose for us not to review it. We adopted Bloomington, the Bloomington Faculty Council adopted this policy back in January of 2020 <laughs> before we knew there was going to be, um, that it was going to be so popular in that so many uh, colleges, over 50% of four-year institutions actually allowed students to apply test optional this year. Back when we adopted the policy, we were the first in the Big Ten Athletic Conference, and it, there were about a thousand schools around the country who had adopted this policy. So it's still fairly new, not certainly as, as robust as it has been this year. But for us, this is a policy change. There won't be a, a going back to acquiring the standardized test score, which is also important. I'm sure that comes as a relief to many students who are looking at colleges right now. How are things like the absence of college fairs and events like that, uh, the absence of those, even just the sheer number of high schools who have been meeting virtually themselves across the state and country, how is that impacting people who are tasked with recruiting and admissions roles on college campuses? We love to go meet the students where they are, whether they're high school or whether, you know, a college fair. The energy there, the excitement there, and the information we can share is really important. In different ways, that has been attempted virtually as well. So our National Association for College Admissions Counseling, NACAC, as well as our local affiliates, many high school districts or consortiums have come together to use various different technological platforms to offer virtual fairs. And so we have done hundreds of those uh, over the last year and they're very different but we still they still provide a way for us to connect and be there if the student wants to connect that way i think we'll probably you know go back to having more in-person events like fairs as well but i'm really thankful that it's one more space we were able to transition to virtual Are students waiting to make their college decisions this year, given the relative uncertainty still at play about what the fall 2021 may feel like? I think they will. I think it's a little different than last year, or a lot different than last year. Let's think of it that way. A lot different than last year, where we were in April. Families are still needing to assess fit, sense of belonging, certainly the cost and finances, financing their degree. So these are all factors that they're going to continue to evaluate. And then some schools are, are will be still 
sharing their decisions in the coming weeks. And so some families may not make their final decision until they've heard from all of their schools. So we do expect that it's going to be a little bit more down to the wire, but we've already received really exciting responses from many students who know that IU is the place they want to attend. I know we're anticipating on campus a return to something a little more conventional for the fall 2021. Are there specific things that the university is telling prospective students about what to expect in this fall and spring upcoming? Absolutely. So we were really excited to receive President McLaughlin's message about the goals for the fall. And so we have used those talking points to help inform families of the expectation to have a much more in-person experience this fall. So being pretty clear that there, we will continue to monitor the ever-evolving situation. We will continue to leverage every health and safety protocol advisory that we receive. So masks will likely be in our future. You know, some physical distancing may be in our future. Some uh, size of programs may look a little different. But just knowing that we are all aiming for a more typical fall experience has brought a lot of hope and excitement for, I think, all of us on campus, but certainly our students and families. It's a very salient point here. Before we go, Sasha, let's talk briefly and let's talk directly to prospective students. Maybe they're juniors or seniors in high school right now. Maybe they're grad students who are generally looking from a different point of view about where they want to go to school next. Given the times, what's the best advice we can give these people or their parents today? Penny, I've long believed that the most important tool in this process is really a mirror. So for a student to have a strong understanding of what attributes of college will position them to be the most successful. So what resources, what programs or experiences are going to be the most important to them? So do you have a particular major in mind? Do you need a university that has a really wide variety of programs because you want to explore you know, what kind of campus environment will be best for you? And now with these new offerings that we've talked about, you have the chance to get to know these attributes and many others for campuses in much more meaningful ways earlier on in the process. You can connect with students. You can connect with faculty. You can connect with the virtual programming. I mean, there's just so many different opportunities that are available now. But it all comes down to what is most important to the student. We continue to advise students to have a really diverse school set, but any any school on that list needs to be a place that they feel good, that they can be successful and so and feel belonging. And as it pertains to IU, where can they go online to find out more? Absolutely. So admissions.indiana.edu there's information about how to apply. We've broken it all into different easy checklist items and steps. There's a how to visit, visit IU section that talks about both our virtual programming. And as we expand our on-campus visit programming, more information will be there as well. Access to our virtual tours. And then there's all kinds of information about campus life and the academic experience and the 500 different degree programs that they can pursue. So all of that is admissions.indiana.edu. Sasha Timi is the executive director of admissions at Indiana University Bloomington. Sasha, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. And we thank you for listening as well. For more information, follow us on social media. On Topic with IU is on Facebook and Twitter. 
You can subscribe and download this podcast from services like SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search On Topic with IU on your favorite podcast provider. For On Topic with IU, I'm Kenny Smith.